Welcome to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Today on the show, we have Lou Katsinas. Mm -hmm. Lou's company is BCS Interactive. It's a digital agency focused on nonprofits, foundations, and education. Thanks for being on the show today, Lou. Absolutely, Chad. Good to be here. So, Lou, what got you into this business? What got me into this business? Kind of a long story. So, I started in corporate America way back in the 90s probably around the time that you were born and I worked for Time Warner. I was a marketing manager in their book publishing division and I, I absolutely hated that position. I hated corporate America. I had a rough relationship with my boss who for some reason kept promoting me, but eventually I'd had enough and I had always had the entrepreneurial bug. So when I turned 30, I jumped ship and I started kind of a freelance copywriting business. That was my, my talent, my ability to write. And I came up with this ridiculous name, Business Communication Services. I, did, I didn't know what I was doing, and I just wanted to offer services to all types of businesses. That's where you get BCS from. And I've, you know, I've never went back to that name again. Trust me, it's a, a terrible name. But anyhow, I started to pick up quite a few clients doing whatever I could get my hands on. And then I found some partners that handled design. And together, we started to build up kind of a traditional print agency. Back then, we were called BCS Marketing. And we did pretty well. Until 2008, when the Great Recession hit, and it hit us hard. It, we basically lost every client we had, save for a few, and it was really just me at that point. So I was kind of floundering for a year or so, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And because of the pain of that previous relationship, I, I did not ever want to go back and work for someone else again. I was still single at the time, so I had some leeway to be able to do what I wanted to do at that point. And over time, with enough networking, I, through a mutual friend, met a, a partner, a true partner, who was a designer and a developer. He had very strong digital chops and a, a true unicorn. The guy could do everything. Good at sales as well, too. And together, we kind of united and built it into BCS Interactive. We pivoted, went fully into digital, and started to build it up from there. And that worked for a while as well, too, except that he and I started to have differences of, of multiple aspects and levels and that partnership ended up splitting up. But at that point, I was able to maintain the business and the accounts and my partner went off to, and he's still actually there, moved off to a big financial services firm where he heads up product development. He's really, he's brilliant. He's doing great there. And so then I had BCS Interactive and it's really been a good trajectory since then. Uh, at one point around 2015, I made the conscious decision to focus exclusively on nonprofits and foundations. And it's really been a joy since then. I mean, I had to go through some, some hell to actually get there. But at this point, after all this time, I, I can honestly say, I think I know what I'm doing at this point, but it's always a learning experience. So you were able to fill the, the hole that when he left with staff, how did you do that? Yeah. So the, the first thing that I would want to share with, with your listeners or anybody that, you know, has to go through something like that, it was incredibly painful that breakup. It was very much like a divorce. There was a lot of tension involved and just awkwardness. And it was a really tough time. And filling in that role was kind of the easy part. The hard part was what it did to and for my self-confidence and my self-esteem. Because again, I told you how great this guy was. And I felt that I started to think over time that, wow, I don't know if I could run this business without him. I mean, he's a great designer. He's a great developer. He's confident in sales and pitches. And I started to kind of devalue what I brought to the table. 
And when he left, I was for a little while, I was going, man, can I, can I do this? Do I want to do it? Am I capable of doing it? And slowly, thanks to again, that pain from my corporate world, knowing I wasn't going to go back, I had to figure out a way to keep moving forward. And there was a big process of self-discovery there because I learned pretty quickly that I, not to sound arrogant, but just, I, I brought tremendous value to the business. It was me that was dealing with the clients. It was me that was bringing in new clients. The idea of whether I could design or develop, I could hire that out, but there was value in what inherently I brought to the business. And I think that entrepreneurs and business owners that break up from partnerships need to know that about themselves. There's a reason why you were there. There's a reason why or around what you put into that business. So the first rule there for me is don't discount yourself. Know that you have what it takes to move forward. And then once I got that out of the way, the rest of the process really became mechanical almost, right? How to fill that role. So I started really with subcontracted positions, right? I tried to find the best designer I could find and I could afford on a subcontracted basis. I did the same with development as well too. And that was a really good educational process because I had to learn about all that stuff. And so then I, I kept those as subcontracted and I went out to get full-time project management. And that's what I put my major emphasis on so that I could go out and develop sales. And then I have somebody trustworthy running the accounts and that's how we were doing it. And I learned at the end that it was, I would never, Chad, ask to go back and do it again, but I also am so glad that I went through it because the business would not be where it is now if that didn't happen. So how many staff did it take to kind of get this back where you needed it to go? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I'd say about three. I don't want to give him too big a head. And if he, if he listens to this, he knows who he is. But uh, yeah, we, we needed a good designer. We needed a strong developer. And he was imagining managing projects. So I'm just going to say two. I'm going to say two individuals there, and then we get somebody that's managing projects, and then I would handle sales. Yeah, it's good to hear how you're able to get through that, because most partnerships you don't work. It's, it's kind of sad. It's funny. They say that no ship sinks quite as fast as a partnership, right? You ever hear that one? But if you can make it work, the upsides are unbelievable. I mean, if Home Depot was started by four guys, and, and how many billions of dollars have they brought in? So that's not to say you can't do it as a solo entrepreneur. I just think it requires a different set of skills. And I wish I knew what I knew now, of course, 20 years ago. I think everybody says that to an extent, but it's good that you're doing what you're doing and sharing this kind of knowledge with, frankly, young and upcoming entrepreneurs because they can learn from others' mistakes. Yeah, definitely. So why exactly did you focus on the nonprofits and the education industry? Yeah. So at first it sounds counterintuitive, right? Like nonprofit, they're not going to have a budget or, or what have you. But at first we were doing a variety of projects. We were working with law firms and banks and all different kinds of stuff. The nonprofits are the ones that I just found the most fun and fulfillment in. And I mean fun, I mean fulfillment, it's obvious what I mean by that. You're helping the world at large for the most part. But fun because by definition, a nonprofit has a human story. It has some kind of emotional engaging element. And if you're a creative type or a storyteller, the, the world is your oyster at that point because you're, it's all about telling this great story. So you have a lot of leeway in terms of the story you can tell, in terms of the design you can use. And it's really, there's a lot of room to, to explore. I mean, no offense to banks or, or, or law firms, but how many, what, what can you really do for a bank? I mean, obviously, when you get to a larger scale, you can start to talk about the human elements of that, but there are limitations. So it was the fun element of it. And then we got around this idea of, well, social impact doesn't really have money by frankly getting really good at what we did. And if you develop an expertise, a sharp expertise, you're able to unlock more value in the clients you're, you're working with. And that's not to say 
that there's anything wrong with being a small or budget conscious nonprofit. Our agency, we will certainly advise you. I want them to, 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 to succeed. I want the community to succeed. But at the same time, I also have to run a profitable business. So we have to be very selective about the organizations we work with. I, I kind of went overboard on that one. I, <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it definitely does. So what would your advice be to new entrepreneurs or people just starting out? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a deep one. I, I think the single most important quality you can have as an entrepreneur is, is grit, right? Is just is the to perseverance. Because if you run a business, it is nothing more than a series of problems. That's all it is. And I don't mean that in the negative sense. If you think about problems as solutions, problems as ways to, as you solve one problem, you get bigger Then you solve the next problem and you move forward. All your business is, is going to be problems from day one. And it, the better, the, the better adept you are at handling those problems is going to show you how far you're going to succeed. If you give up too easily, if, I mean, I, I'm such a transformed individual, Chad, from the first day I started, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, but there were times where I would lose out on a $10,000 piece of business and the world would be over. I wouldn't talk to anybody for a week. And, and, and that's just not the way it works. Like you, you're going to get constantly pummeled, especially if you're doing something that's unique and you're really putting yourself out there. So it really comes down to how bad you want it. If you really want it bad enough, and in my case, I was driven by fear. I was not going to go back and work for someone else. I didn't have this grand vision like many entrepreneurs do. I didn't want to make a billion dollars. I think it'd be nice, but I didn't, I didn't aim at that. I aimed at what was going to give me the freedom and the lifestyle I wanted. And that driv drove me so much that like in 2008, when the Great Recession hit, it was terrifying because I don't know how old you were at that time, but, but the Great Recession, the very underpinnings of capitalism were coming apart. Like we were losing the banking system. So clients were calling me and canceling and you'd go out and drive and there's no billboards up. It was just, it was just really almost like apocalyptic, right? And I almost thought about throwing in the towel, but I said to myself, you meant to do this. Things are going to turn around and slowly step-by-step step, it came back around. So and I did things like I tapped lines of credit and I just scrimped and saved and did the best I could because every entrepreneur you're talking to out there will go through that at some point. Like they will come to a point where they just, there's a lot of soul searching and can I survive and am I going to do it? And the advice that I can offer to you there is Winston Churchill, right? If you're going through hell, keep going because eventually you will come out the other side and you will be better for it. The last thing I want to say to that is it's not blanket advice. Everybody needs to consider their own personal circumstances. If you have a spouse and children, obviously you can't let them suffer and God forbid starve or, or what have you. You have to be smart about it. You don't want a divorce or something like that to come out of this. You don't want a serious health issue to come out of this. But barring that, if you can tolerate it, my suggestion is do it, get through it and just try to get better. And that's going to make you a, a kind of a, I don't want to say a truer entrepreneur, but, but frankly, a better entrepreneur. Some entrepreneurs are working 80 hours a week, right? They're just burning themselves out. Is, yeah. is that what you do? Like, what's your setup? I, I do not. I do not. I, and this is also a tough one because when you're first starting out, I, I, I see a, a path to doing that. I used to do that. I used to do it. And it was kind of, to be honest with you, it was kind of, excuse my language, it was kind of bullshit. Like I was, a lot of it was just wasted hours. So I could show people that, oh yeah, I'm an entrepreneur and I've worked a lot of hours. And it's kind of nonsense. I, I Here's the second piece of advice that I would give any entrepreneur in addition to, to, to perseverance is sleep. The number one productivity tool you can employ that will make you wealthy and happy and healthy and wise is a good night's sleep. Determine what that is, whether it's six, seven or eight hours and make sure you focus on that. 
And then you can work the rest of those hours. I don't care. But you have to get sleep. This idea that you're going to sacrifice your sleep, you will be a zombie for 60 of those hours if you are not getting consistently good sleep. So that's kind of an ancillary way to answer your question. But once you get that sleep, I, I don't really, if there are productive hours, then yes, fine. But the idea of saying you worked 80 or 100 hours, I just, I follow that whole 37 signals, Jason Fried philosophy there, that a lot of that is just, it's just bullshit. It's just you, you, the human mind, unless you're an outlier, cannot thrive and cannot be productive at that level of hours. You have to take breaks, right? One of the beauties about being an entrepreneur is that you have freedom, right? You have some freedom, find passions, find hobbies, take breaks, and that will then infuse you with more passion to achieve the goal you're looking for. So I would say, no, man, 40 40, if you can get 40 hours of solid work in, I mean, focused work, that's a lot. You'll be amazed how productive you can be. You'll be nicer to everyone else. And that in turn will help you build your team. But it's up to each, each person's discretion. I, I can't tell them what to do, even though I kind of just did. I agree with you on that. And 40 hours working focused and getting that rest, that's more, that's better than working 80 hours and burning yourself out because you're not going to, you're not going to make the distance. I agree. So Lou, if any of our listeners wanted to reach out to you or your company, how would they do so? I think the best way to get to know about us is, of course, our, our website. I mean, at the end of the day, we're a web design agency, so you'll learn as much as you can about us there. So that's bcsinteractive.com. We have a pretty decent presence on LinkedIn as well, too. So if you just look us up there and you can find me and follow me on LinkedIn as well, too. Got that crazy Greek last name, Katsinis, K-O-T-S-I-N-I-S, but that's probably the best way to reach me. Also, I encourage people to sign up for our, our monthly blog. We write about topics in nonprofit digital marketing, and you can find that link on our website. So make sure to visit Lou's website. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Design and Development. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.